This is the Rich Eisen Show. I live, breathe, and eat football. Me love football. <laughs> Me think football great. The Rich Eisen Show. You're that team nobody really wants to face. I mean, I had Michael Irvin on earlier, Fred Warner. I said, let's be honest, the Niners are the team, you, the last team that you'd wanted to face, right? And he said, yes. <laughs> it sounds flattering. Today's guests, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, CBS broadcaster, and the voice of the Brooklyn Nets, Ian Eagle, New York Post sports columnist, Ian O'Connor, and and now, it's Rich Eisen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We are live on the air from Los Angeles, California. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here. We're going to have a great conversation for all three hours. Uh, and don't don't worry about uh, the whole concept with our guest list. Uh, to call 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Your, your name does not have to be Ian or Ian. Uh <laughs> Rappaport, O'Connor, and Eagle are our guests today, talking a bunch of football. Obviously, uh, Ian is the voice of the Brooklyn Nets as well. Um, there's uh, lots to talk about uh, in the world of basketball right there. Um, and uh, and and so on and so forth. Good to see you, Christopher Brockman. How are hey, you? Rich, uh, Baker, Finch, and McClellan weren't available? Okay, very good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ian Glenn, who, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, was oh, uh, was Jorah Mormont. Jorah Mormont, right? That's true. Okay, the yeah, actor. Right, uh, good to see you, Mike Del Tufo, hey, who was googling names famous of famous Ian, Ian people. Yes. Uh, good to see you over there, T.J. Jefferson. Good to see my. Uh, I mean, it's good to be here. Rich. My candle lighting friend over there. Good to Ian see you. Ian Anderson was in Jethro Tull. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, you don't have to play the flute in uh, rock and roll beats either to call us today. Nice. Nice. So. Um, I, I mentioned this the other day and, and, and I'll, you know, I, I, I very rarely call for anybody's jobs. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's th- my job. I know that's your job <laughs> is to call for people's jobs. Uh, cause I, you know, I sit next to a coach have for about a decade and a half in my television career on NFL network in Mariucci. You know, when he told me the number of times that he would pack boxes and he'd, he'd move his family around and it's just. But it, it is the nature of the beast and the business in the NFL. That's why, you know, Jerry Glanville always said that the NFL stood for not for long. So when I said on the air that that the Giants had no choice but to move on from Joe Judge after just two years, I, I, I don't do this just to pound the table and get a phone line later or a click. I, I, I am from the New York area, and as you know, I'm a Jet fan since birth, and I have been watching all of that. And the entire time as I've been a Jet fan, the Giants always have a fan base that looks down on us. <laughs> okay? They're the ones who played all those years in Yankee Stadium and the Jets played in Shea. You know, I mean, the Jets had that Super Bowl three championship to talk about forever in a day. And the Giants didn't really uh, have very much until Parcells showed up. And then obviously things kind of changed, didn't they? But they had those years before Namath won those Super Bowls. And the Giants were the Giants. They were the Blue Bloods of New York City. I'm just trying to set all this up for anybody who's potentially new here. Uh, Things are totally reversed now. And, And I say this with all due respect. The Giants have had on the field one of the worst performances I can remember over any six eight-year, ten-year stretch, because the ten years I know now no longer includes that Super Bowl season where Ahmad Bradshaw went reverse into the end zone in Indianapolis that night that he 
Eli Manning found my Wolverine Mario Manningham in one of the most incredible throws in the history of the Super Bowl. Where he dropped that one right in the old, what, turkey hole in a way? So <laughs> um, the 10 years no longer includes that. And the one year that they went to the playoffs with the, the last time they went to the playoffs with Coach Ben McAdoo. We all know was a one and done and the players went uh, to South Florida the week before. Oh, I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I, I still can't believe that happened. It's incredible. But three coaches in a row, Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, now Joe Judge. The Giants don't want to be known as that franchise that churns through coaches, which is why Joe Judge was not in any way, shape, or form considered to be in danger despite everything. But the last three weeks have been so bizarre. They have been so weird. From Joe Judge's post-game press conference where it was just one coaching cliche after another about building a culture and talking about how well they're building a culture despite the results and he feels like he knows the locker room and the guys in the locker room and and he it was just like one coach speak phrase after another said in a manner of a coach who is angry about the situation, but also in charge about the situation. And the situation is bleak, but don't worry about it. There's other people elsewhere who are calling him up to say that they are, would love to be back. That's how much of a culture he's built there, despite awful performances. It's kind of like that dinner party guest that you have sitting next to. When you ask them what they do for a living and they say, oh, I'm in marketing or uh, I'm in sales. And then you ask them another follow-up question or five. And after they give you all the, you know, verbiage of, of what they do, you still don't know what they do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what, what do you do again? Just walk me through what you do again. Oh, no, you know what I do? I do marketing and I do consulting for a lot of businesses around the, around the country that are interested in consulting uh, services and business uh, people who need some help and some ideas about what their consulting or marketing needs to be. And you're like, what do you, okay. <laughs> so, so you're into marketing and you're in consulting and you're talking about what businesses need to do about marketing and consulting. Is that what you do? Yeah. So like, what's the last thing you marketed or consulted? Well, I talked to some people about their consultation business. You know what I mean? Like if that's, that's what Joe judge sounded like rich. I'm in construction. Okay. I'm in the import-export well, business. <laughs> well, we can have another conversation and pass the red wine. That's what it sounded like. And then for somebody who's so darn in charge of everything, to have that moment against the Washington football team, who he bizarrely called out for you know, their clown show, this or that, and we don't have players arguing with each other on the sideline and just bizarre calling out of other franchises and businesses and what the, their practices and what have you. It was weird. For him then to take a... Uh, I, I've never really seen a, a surrender formation. You know, I know about victory formations, but surrender formation inside his own 10-yard line of a game he's only trailing 3 nothing with 5 minutes to go and say no we're we're going to be aggressive we're we're an aggressive football team we're building a culture of winning here and guys 
know exactly what I'm doing here, and I know what the guys need because I'm a guy who's not going to stand for any of this stuff except for all the stuff that I'm doing that I won't stand for. Again, it's just like this riptide of gobbledygook. Write that one down. <laughs> riptide you know, of gobbledygook. That's what it was. <laughs> and, and, and the Giants need to stick with him because they're afraid to be a, a franchise known for churning out coaches? Well, again, as Bill Parcells said, man in the mirror, man in the glass, you are what you are, all of that stuff. That's what the Giants are now. And they have got to basically, John Mara and my friend Steve Tisch, they need to they need to just hire somebody who they totally believe in, who has nothing to do with the new organization, and isn't anybody that's been suggested to them by anybody who has suggested anybody to them over the last three hiring cycles. Look at each other. Grab each other like Thelma and Louise and just push the, the car and hope it doesn't go over the cliff. And let that person choose the coach. And as long as they don't show up in some form or format and some sort of personal vetting to, to be somebody that can't be sold to the New York fan base, then, then hire them. And that's it. And stay out of it. Because this has been horrible. Ever since Ben McAdoo showed up in his talking head's uh, untailored suit, <laughs> you know, like that 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 day it was just weird. When it that's the guy you're going to hand off to the New York Giants with his huge play sheet menu. It's just been uh, slapstick, and and he was the one who took when him. He to was play. right about Eli. Well, again, he he may have been right about Eli's ineffectiveness moving yeah. forward, but. You don't let that guy sit, Eli Manning. You don't hand that one off to him and say, Geno Smith. You don't do that. But you don't do coach. that. <laughs> no, it's the organization that says we're sticking with Eli, and then you stick with Eli because that's the way we run things here, and the season is kind of over, and you're not going to hand the reins to Geno Smith. The rest of New York had a front row seat to his disastrous run with the Jets, that's the guy you're going to sit Eli Manning for? No way. And that's not the coach that you allow to sit Eli Manning either. But who is? Not that guy. And then you run your course and tell Eli that we're not bringing you back for another year and figure that one out. Oh, come on. You could sit here and say that Eli's effectiveness as a quarterback is over or was over back in that day, and you would not be wrong. And hindsight backs your play, Chris. But the way the Giants did it was ridiculous. And Both whoever decided, and while I'm all the way in here, I'm, <laughs> and, and I, I, whoever decided to give medium-sized sodas out to <laughs> fans on an appreciation day that the that only people that can cash in the medium-sized sodas are people with the email Link, because they're the ones who are the fan. Like, you only came to a handful of games through the secondary ticket market. That's your way of showing your fandom because you can't afford season tickets. You uh, must buy your medium soda. <laughs> that was Where's funny. your promo code for your medium soda? Who could, somebody couldn't sit there in that organization and say, we got to at least give away larges. Okay. <laughs> I am hoping, I am hoping, I am hoping for all my friends 
in that organization who are there and have been diehards and are really terrific people. And the, and 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 my diehard giant friends, and I know so many of them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I I hope they get this one right. It is a better league with the Giants battling it out with your Cowboys and the Washington Clown Shows or Commanders or whatever they're going to be called. Admirals. I uh, I I'm I'm hearing it's Commanders. Oh, Commanders. And that would be good. <laughs> Just kept football. Team. But you know. <laughs> It's better. It's better when the Giants and the Eagles battle it out in the turnpike, and then the Giants fans are pounding their chest, and they have nothing to pound right now. But the Giants made the right move. They made the right move, big time. You cannot have a head coach talk the way that he was talking, with the results that he was churning in, coming out there and saying, "Take a surrender formation." When there's nothing left, like your job is on the line. And we're going to play it easy with Jake Fromm. We don't have the ability to make this throw. And then we'll just figure it out. I just don't know whose job, you know, you, we'll, we'll take a look at this, you know, throughout this show as to which teams have what to offer somebody. But somebody wants to coach the New York football giants, I'll tell you that. And... That person's got to have a, 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 a big plate because it's clean up on aisle Big Blue and there is stuff all over the floor. We got to restock the shelves. We got to see what's in the inventory. We definitely have to get rid of some something that's past their due date on, on, the, uh, on the box. But this is not the Giants team that many people grew up with in the 80s. It's worse than what I grew up with in the 70s. Worse. Way worse. Such a shame. I know that, brother. You're playing a small violin. You're playing a small violin. We will take a break. Ian Rappaport on everything else going on. By the way, um, he's first up. He sent out a tweet about a half an hour ago that was an eyebrow razor. Jordan Fuller of the Rams is hurt out. So the Rams need some safety help. And uh, they reached out to Eric Weddle, and he's in. <laughs> wow. We have not seen Eric Weddle out on the field since week 17 of 2019 when he was a Ram in his final season of his stellar career. And, um, and he, interestingly enough, the team he took on was the Arizona Cardinals. He's back, and he's taken on the Arizona Cardinals on Monday Night Football. His agent, David Cantor, who uh, confirmed that news to Ian Rappaport, um, I texted him. I'll just throw it out there. He, he says it's called Love of the Game. And um, Love it. I asked him, what's he been up to? Coaching his kids, staying in shape. Now there he is, going to be back of that secondary against the Arizona Cardinals on Monday Night Football. And this is great. In terms of players coming back in time for these playoffs, you got Zadarius Smith, who was designated to return in practice. He's back. They're hoping to get him out in a week and a half against whomever. Could be the Cowboys, man, or 49ers. Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander and our guest yesterday, David Bakhtiari for the Packers. J.J. Watt is going to be 
expected to be back on that field on Monday Night Football. We can ask him ourselves tomorrow. Oh. He is our third-hour guest tomorrow. I know. Derrick Henry, for crying out loud. Eric Weddle. Yes, the football gods say these playoffs are fascinating, but they're not fascinating enough. Let's get a bunch of players who have been hurt all year long back in time. Yes, yes. I'm sure I'm missing a handful around the league as well of players who are going to be back in time for the playoffs. What a list. This is a Pro Bowl list. Zadarius Smith, Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, J.J. Watt, Derrick Henry, and now Eric Weddle. Way to go. I wonder how tight that beard is, though. (laughs) It's got to be too tight. Can you text him and get a selfie, like, right now? Yeah, I'll do it. Let's take a break. Ian Rappaport, when we come back right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Then Ian Eagle, who's calling Bills Patriots for CBS this weekend. Ian O'Connor of New York. Uh, post-fame joining us as well to talk about Joe Judge and more. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio outfit with Sirius XM Channel 85. And NBC Sports on Peacock, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, who dropped a fascinating nugget about Eric Weddle and so much more back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Ian Rappaport at Rap Sheet. How are you, Ian? All right, Rich. Ask me the question. Uh, what's the question? What do you got? What, what is it? Most important question that you just went through, right? Only thing that people want to know. Ask me the question. Uh, how, 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 what's the state of Eric Weddle's beard? Uh, sources tell me. Yes. That Eric Weddle's beard is roughly two inches long. Oh. And I would say two centimeters thick. So 
I would not describe it as like one of those like Jim the Anvil Nightheart hanging beard, <laughs> but he's fairly bushy. Um, and look, I mean, it's today is January something. Yeah, twelve. And yeah. we got about a month before the Super Bowl. So like, if you take it where it is now, you project it forward through the Super Bowl. I think we could get like a real like you know, bushy-type beard action, like, uh, you know, some of the classics. I think he's in a good spot and something that this, you know, expect this to continue to grow. Well, classics are like, you know, uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, Cough Drop Brothers, yeah. or obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> that That's what we're talking about in terms of epic beards. What about Kiesel? I feel like Kiesel had a good one. Okay, Brett Kiesel, oh, yeah, very good. good. I mean, please, my God. It's like uh, it's like Dan yeah. Haggerty, the redheaded dude from Game of Thrones. That's true. He had a good one. Oh yeah, Tormund. 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 Tormund All one. right. So you ever watch Game of Thrones? I gotta. You know what, man? I'll tell you. Uh, yeah. Les Need is just. He's just constantly like. There's no. He's he is he ever inside the box because there, it's crazy that so where where how did this come about? It just came about because Fuller's hurt and let's you know why not Weddle right. Is that the way this happened? Fuller's hurt, and, you know, Taylor Rapp is in concussion protocol. Uh, this really came together, I think, yesterday. Um, you know, it's funny. Do you follow Jalen Ramsey on Twitter? Sure. I missed what he said, though, so. He tweeted, he, 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 at 1.30 a.m. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey has an ear to the personnel department of the Los Angeles Rams. Sure. He has been ahead of every crazy move they've made with weird cryptic tweets. I also follow my good friend Jalen Ramsey on Twitter, and I will now be uh, following him even more closely mm. because when he tweets cryptic stuff, crazy things happen. And I would say this. like I listened to your clip of Weddle, and yes, he is done preparing for the season. He is done doing that long grind. That's not what this is. This is preparing for one game. And then maybe another game, and then maybe another game. This is very different. And, you know, how many snaps will he play? Will he play 60 snaps? I doubt it. But he's going to be there helping, and I imagine it will it will be beneficial. I love it. And I was reading out a list, too, of players who are going to be back in time for the playoffs. Um, you know, J.J. Watt expected to be back in that very game. Derrick Henry the week after. And then there's a trio of Packers, Bakhtiari played um, 20-some-odd snaps yep. in Week 18. Jair, Alexander, and Zadarius Smith today, right? Like, so uh, yeah. designated for a turn. Are we going to see all those Packers back, do you think, in a week and a half? Uh, also, some other significant news for the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Aaron Rodgers is practicing. Today is Wednesday, and Aaron Rodgers is practicing. So not only do you get David Bakhtiari back, you get – Jair Alexander probably back. You get Zedaria Smith probably back, which is massive. I mean, he is. It, it'll be like as a third down rusher, but that's okay. I mean, that's basically what Bob yeah. Miller is. And right. He has dramatic impact. And then Aaron Rodgers is practicing. And the reason I say that is because Rodgers hasn't practiced on a Wednesday in like a couple months. So this indicates that his little toe, his poor little toe, uh, is as healthy as it's been. So. Everyone is beaten up, and the Packers are the opposite. Ian Rappaport here on the Rich Eisen Show. What happened uh, with the Giants' deliberation to chat with Joe Judge on a Monday and then decide on Tuesday, yeah, we're done? What happened there? Yeah, it was interesting because 
you know, I feel like they probably knew on Monday. From what I understand, those conversations weren't like, um, you know, tell me your plans for next year. I mean, it was he told them his plans for next year, but it wasn't the kind of thing where, like, they sat down and plotted out what was going to happen. Like, they talked about various other topics, but it didn't sound like they spent a ton of time on, like, the actual plans for next year. That, to me, means they probably knew. And, you know, he – I think he left his team and his his coaches and his players with plans for the off season. But I talked to a couple of players yesterday, and they felt like something was up because the meetings were still going on. And, like, so the more you wait, the more it makes you think that something may happen. Um, and, you know, for me, it's interesting, like – I've known Joe Judge for, you know, more than 10 years. I've known him since he was a 20-year-old special teamer at Mississippi State. He's a very good football coach, and he got his team to play extremely hard and to believe in him, and I think what the players said was real. Um, the results weren't good enough, and there's a lot of reasons why. An offensive coordinator that he really didn't want, a general manager he certainly didn't want, a third-string quarterback, but at the end, nobody cared about any of that. It was just whether the results good enough or not, and they clearly were not. Well, I'll just say, too, uh, Ian, it's just weird comments like players from outside the organization are still trying to come back in. That's how good the culture is, despite what we're seeing. Uh, calling Washington clown show also, you know, yeah. the, the, the pointing out when the Patriots made the Super Bowl in the year where they beat the Rams, they all thought they were getting fired midseason. All you got to do look at the team yeah. was seven and two midseason. And it's just like what, you know, all the Patriots riders were like, that's a lie. Like that is just not true. And then the surrender formation, that doesn't sound like the person you just described. You know what I'm saying, Ian? Yeah. And you're right. And so, you know, a couple things. First of all, like I have no doubt that Belichick was the fear of God and those assistants, you know, during that year that he's talking about. Um, it just, it's not reality to say it. So, like, was Joe Judge himself nervous that he was getting fired based on the way Belichick was treating them when they were losing? Like, probably. But that was also probably not reality. Um, you know, I think the the lack of awareness, there's a lot of things that go into being a head coach. There's a lot of things. And especially for the inexperienced guys or the guys who haven't stepped out of New England, they do seem to, a lot of them, share a trait of not having a really good sense of what's happening around them and shutting it all out and just putting your head down and working. Because in New England, that's what you do. You just you focus on your job. You do your job. Belichick handles the rest. You do your job well. You become a good candidate in the interview, and you get a head coaching job. But sometimes – you do so without the global awareness necessary to be a head coach. And I think of all the things that hurt Joe Judge, that was a big part of it. Is that what happened with Brian Flores down in Miami? What happened there, Ian? Yeah, I think with Flores it was a little different. That was more of a, you know, Flores doesn't need to prove anything as a football coach. You know, with Tua as his quarterback, hmm. he won nine and ten games. I mean, that is impressive, right? I mean, that's, that's some really good coaching. And, yes. He coaches hard, and he works with his staff hard. The people who are devoted to him are insanely devoted to him, and he is a very good football coach. This really came down to the owner feeling like he needed to pick one with you know, Greer and Flores' relationship deteriorating. And, you know, this has been going on for about a month. I, so at one point I thought one was in trouble, then the other. Then I probably thought late last week that this was going to be okay, but, like, 
you know, you know my world, Rich, and like a lot of the things that we hear, you know, unless I'm talking to Stephen Ross or unless I'm talking to an owner, you aren't really sure what's going to go on because one person makes a decision, mm-hmm. or in the Giants' case, two people. So I thought it was going to be okay, but in the end, Stephen Ross decided that, um, you know, he needed to make a decision that these two couldn't work well together, um, and he chose the GM, not the head coach. Oh, man. Why? Like, what happened there? What did happen? Do you know? Well, like, well, Yeah. Um, you know, you look at the ways that it broke down. I mean, obviously, there was the failed Deshaun Watson trade. Uh, and I believe everybody was on the same page with that. You everybody do. In the building was on the same page. You do. You do. Like that, Brian, because, again, that, that was like two weeks before the season. Charles Robinson of Yahoo, remember that report? And then um, and then <laughs> getting permission to at, talk I to him. Travers, uh, I was at Travers watching the horses, and I was like, can I please just enjoy it? <laughs> That's your life, man. So, But, you know, but then and then getting permission to actually speak with him and then doing so in the middle of a season. You know, like with with all of the the um, you know legal stuff, which is the way that I guess we all refer to it, that's still out there. So they were all on board. It's not. It's not like was it a Tua thing that they they didn't that one guy didn't want him and the other guy did, or was it a Tua thing? Is that what this is too, or no? Um, I I feel like Flores definitely wanted him. I think Greer was on board. Was he as all-in as everyone? Like, I don't know. And, you know, now, of course, he has Tua. Um, but I, when they tried to make the trade, they were all on board until Stephen Ross said, I'm not doing this until the legal situation is wrapped up. Um, but that, you know, the desire to trade for a quarterback and then not eventually doing it definitely creates problems. Um, then there were, you know, some other, the way things were handled, some other personnel moves, I and mean, there's, you know, I think one of the tough things is when you're Brian Flores and you come in, you evaluate the roster, and you say, all right, this guy's not good enough, this guy's not good enough, we need to trade this guy. And there's no way around it, Rich. Like, these are Chris Greer's guys. So, like, that probably is – I'm sure that made it a difficult working atmosphere as well. Ian Rappaport here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, and so um... – <laughs> You mentioned about a choice that Stephen Ross had to make, felt compelled to make, was forced to make, however you mm-hmm. want to phrase it, between his coach and his general manager. He chose the GM over the coach. Is is it a choice in Seattle between Ross or Pete Carroll for John Schneider if he if he is 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 in danger? I I don't, I don't know why that would be, but uh, I know some Seattle fans are beginning to chafe because that's the way it seems to be. Although, you know, Russ, they got a couple years left of contractual control, and Pete signed through 2025. Could they run it back, or are we off that we're just like it's a choice that one can't, they can't coexist anymore? What's going on in Seattle, Ian, there? I don't think it's a choice. I do think they need to make sure that, one, that Jody Allen, the owner, wants all of them there. And this is the problem. This is like what I was talking about with the owner thing. Like when, you know, when all of us talk about coaches who are safe or on the hot seat or coming back, or, and, you know, there's been reports on everyone. I mean, there were reports that Judge was coming back. There were report, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of reports on these coaching stuff, but, like, nobody knows what's going to happen in Seattle because, as far as I can tell, nobody's talking to Jody Allen, and that is the voice that matters. And I don't even know that anyone there knows what's going to happen. But 
I think what it's going to be is not a choice. I think it is going to be a, are we on the same page moving forward with, with what we want to do? And if the answer is yes, then I think they're all going to come back. If the answer is no, then it's like, who's not on board and why not? And how does she end up dealing with that? I think that's more of what it is. I don't know. Why, why wouldn't she want everyone back? You know, I mean, they, they, have, a, they have a history together. Uh, the question is, is that is there a bridge and too much water underneath it? That's the general sense because of the way that Russ was, you know, uh, talking or people on his behalf talking um, right around next month last year. You know what I mean? Like, so. Right. Other, he and he like, for himself. That was the craziest thing. Well, as I he say, like, Pete, Pete hasn't forgotten. Man of the year campaign. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Pete has not forgotten how to coach. And Russ, we saw what happened the last two weeks of the season, which, by the way, like, if he was – you know, supposed to sit out and wait for his finger to heal for as long as it probably needed to, like that kind of makes sense, right? Even though he said it's not my finger and all that business. That's why I'm asking because the general, you know, conventional wisdom, whether it's wise or not, is that these two can't coexist anymore. Run is over. Somebody's going to have to, like if if somebody says Pete's staying, Russ is like, screw it, I'm out of here. Let's get me out of here or vice versa, right? I mean, you kind of hit on the main problem is that they played so well at the end of the year. So, like, might you look at that and say, okay, if this quarterback is healthy, we are still good. And they ran the ball so well at the end. I mean, Rashad Penny, who, like, was given up for dead many times, looked awesome. So could I say to myself if I was on the Seahawks, like, all right, we'll just do this again next year. Like, we can be good again. And maybe this year was an anomaly. Uh, or maybe for the Seahawks, maybe – you know, I don't know what the market's going to be for Russell Wilson, but what if it's not as good as it was last year? Then do you say, all right, well, we're not going to trade him for just one one because that doesn't make sense. So we're just going to bring him back. Like, there's so much that goes into it, and like I, as someone who does this for a living, I'm having a hard time projecting what's going to happen mm-hmm. um, because I really don't know. Ian Rappaport, a few minutes left with my colleague from the NFL Media Group. Uh, who next? What next? Are there any next? And those are two ways of me saying, how come Carolina is firing a ton of assistants and Matt Rule's still sitting there? Uh, and also the Harbaugh check on whether Rich Bisaccia and Mayock are coaching and general managing for their jobs right now. What do you think? Well, I would say in Houston, too. Um, huh. Yeah. I mean, why, Cully, David, uh, come on, yeah. uh, that would be ridiculous. I mean, because Cully got handed easily one of the worst hands in coaching. I mean, if, if Urban Meyer got held, handed one of the greatest hands in coaching, Cully got the worst hand. Like he got he got seven two. He got the Doyle Brunson. He got seven two off suit, man. You know, and 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 Davis Mills looked terrific by the end of the year. I thought he did, yeah. You know, so... I would say, if you didn't know what round Davis Mills was drafted in, you'd be talking, not you, but we'd all be talking differently yeah. about it. Of course, yeah. You know, so, all right. So, Cully, Mike, uh, so, uh, I'll give you the floor then on, 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 the, on the what next then, Ian. Um, all right. So, we have Seattle we talked about, um, Cully, possibly there, evaluating all aspects of the football, of the football department. So, I will... Keep an eye on that one. Um, you have uh, Mayock and Misaccia. Um My understanding is they are still going to do a search, and I'm pretty sure they have to do a search. Right. Like I, I think they have to do a 
who's going to be our coach search to do it real, you know, not like the sh- whatever they did when Gruden was hired, right. which was not really a search. Um, I don't know if Versace comes back. Obviously, it's, you know, I would say he has more of a chance now um, because the team is good and they're in the playoffs, but definitely not a short thing. And for Mayock, you know, some limbo as well. Um, teams in the playoffs, that's good. But, you know, how to deal with so much trouble with so many of his first-round draft picks. I mean, that is, you know, obviously alarming. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that one uh, as well. And what about Carolina, I guess, last one for you there? What about yeah, that? I, I think with Carolina, that's one where, you know, Rule has a long contract. I think they still believe he is a good coach. He, went, he did fire some assistants and is looking for a new OC. But they haven't really had a quarterback. So, you know, this this would have been my argument to bring back Joe Judge, which obviously would have fallen on deaf ears. But how do we know how good a coach Matt Rule is? When he had good quarterback play, he was 3-0. and And then he had bad quarterback play, and he wasn't as good. So how do you really judge, I think, is one thing the Carolina Panthers are going through. Ian Rappaport, I appreciate it. Look for my calls and texts. You see him all the time anyway. And then uh, we got you, you double duty, four-and-a-half hours Saturday, four yeah. on Sunday for game day morning. Pumped. Thanks. Playoffs, baby. I'm excited. <laughs> and you're psyched about uh, Buck Showalter as the Mets manager? We haven't spoken about that. you got to be, right? Yeah. You should be. Um, for, you know, the next two years, I think it's going to be great. That's <laughs> the play. Take care of yourself, Ian. Thanks uh, for the time. Take care, man. Okay. Okay, there you go. Ian Rappaport, everybody. Sometimes as a host and a, an interviewer, you have to understand. Uh, that's him basically saying, dude, uh, I gave you 20 minutes. My phone's ringing off the hook. I don't really want to talk about Buck Schulte right now. <laughs> is, that, is that the impression you got? Oh, I know. I probably just know it. I shouldn't have even asked it. I'm sure. I mean, his news popping right now. I mean, you just look at the list of what, what uh, I think the Broncos have asked for, what, permission to talk to 10 people already? Yeah, a lot of people. Which is, again, why you need to, if you're going to go, you go now. You got to go now. You got to get on these people's lists. Your yeah. guy Dan Quinn, I think, already told the Jaguars he's not talking just yet. But he's ta- other people he might be talking to. Yeah, the Broncos. Really Apparently, I guess he's on. He he is the one name that's on everybody's lists that they've talked. He's unavailable. Talk to. Okay. Well, I mean, you know what? <laughs> he's unavailable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cowboys got some news as to who's going to be available this week, and we'll hit that a little bit and uh, more of your phone calls when we come back right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Another Ian and an Ian still to come after Ian Rappaport. What are the chances? Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Micah Parsons off the COVID list. Same with Tyron Smith. There you go. go. This is great. I I could just only hope I'm holding my breath. And I just hope Omicron has ripped through the NFL in a way that really messed with every possible team. But the Eagles went through it, and hopefully they've gone through it enough to be back at full strength. Dallas, hopefully. I'd like, let's just hope. Mm-hmm. God, if you're listening. Well, I, just for everybody. I, I just want everybody at full strength, and um, that's some good news about the Dallas Cowboys right there. Yeah. I don't care if the Niners are at full strength, though. Uh, you want at full strength. I mean, let's they, go, man. They pull some hammies or something? Let's I'm go. Okay no, well, look, that's the usual drill, <laughs> which is, you know, uh, you don't, you you – if you get somebody gets hurt in practice or whatever that happens, COVID nineteen. Look, let's let's try and remove that. Yeah, that's true. I don't want anybody getting. Let's that. remove all of that. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Evan in New York, you're first in, first up, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Evan? Hey, Rich. Everybody, how we doing? I'm good, uh, Evan. I, as a uh, Brooklyn native and Staten Island longtime resident, I'm mandated to ask where in New York are you calling from? So I'm uh, I'm calling from. Carmel, New York. It's in Putnam County, okay. uh, about maybe like an hour and a half from the city. Okay. I'm actually heading to the city today. I'm going to the Knicks game tonight, so uh, that should be some fun. Who are they playing? But uh, who are they playing? Yeah, uh, they're playing. They're playing Dallas. Porzingis is coming back tonight. Is he? Is he healthy? Is he back from everything? Is he going to be I there? I think. I think okay. he is healthy. I was All a little right, worried about Luca because you know he's uh, okay. He doesn't know how to handle his diet too well. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. Wow. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. But uh, I wanted to ask you. Uh, anybody can answer this. You mentioned before about the Giants and you know the situation that they are going through, and it's not a great one. <laughs> yeah. But, um, New Yorkers, we are kind of getting used to this <sighs> not so great situation. So all of you can answer this between three teams, and Rich, you'll love this. The Jets, mm-hmm. Giants, and Knicks. Now, I know the Knicks made the playoffs last year, but they're kind of going through a little sputter. Out of those three teams, which one would you rather be a fan of right now? Oh, gosh. Um, In terms yeah, of success? Because, you know, it's just – look, if Dolan's just got to stay out of it. Just stay out of it. Because, um, you know, I, I like their coach a lot. I think R.J. Barrett has got a huge upside. I'd love to see him take that next step like we're seeing, uh, for instance, John Morant. I'd love to see him have that sort of next level. Like, to me, I think Barrett needs to be the superstar uh, of this team. Randall is an outstanding player and an excellent story, and I love the way that he involves his kids and everything like that. It's a nice, wonderful part of all of this. And I like Quickly's game a lot. I like how he's progressing. Um, and I like the plucky guys, like Burks, right? Like, it's a team you can root for, if not for the a-hole owner. 
You know, even Grimes so, is great. Right. So, so um, if he can stay out of it, the Knicks have a huge, huge upside here. Huge. Yeah. You I know, mean, and, and then, then and then I'll and then I'll rank it Jets and then the Giants. You know, like that's yeah. the way I would go. Right there. Yeah. You know, and if baseball ever comes back, I think Buck with the Mets is going to really be a lot of fun. And uh, and thank you for the call. Uh, you know, enjoy the game tonight. Um, I'll be watching. You know, so um, uh, if baseball comes back, I, I think that you know the Yankees will have their usual um, competitive team. We'll see just how far they can go. And then uh, I think Buck and for for the uh, for the for the Mets. And then of course there's the Nets. You know, and that's so. Um, that's a good question because they've got championship quality written all over it when Kyrie's on the floor. And there's a lot of questions surrounding all that. Big time. Bill in Clearwater, Florida, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Bill? Hey, Rich. First time. A long time, first time. Hey, hey. very well done. Burr, 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 burr. By the way, you could have said uh, a long time, first time, too. You know, that's okay. fine. It may, either uh-huh. or, either way, we're, we're not sticklers. That's all good. Born in Bushwick. Bushwick. Love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, raised on the island, North Belmore. Okay. And then before I moved to Florida, 17 years in Greenwich Village. There you go. So you got the hey. full, full. You got all over That's the place. It. Okay. So what's I your... I want to thank you for your opening comment. Okay. Uh, I've been a Giants fan ever since my uncle Took me to my first football game at Yankee Stadium. Yep. It's been a long, hard road. I like the fact that ownership said that the GM is going to hire the coach. They have to. They have to go outside the organization. As far as Jones goes, I think we're stuck with him. Even if they draft somebody, is he going to start right away and Jones is going to be the backup? And I don't see any current quarterback who wants to come to this team. Well, the you, NFC is no longer the toughest division in football. Well, here's the deal um, with with Jones that they he he's going to be there, right? Apparently, he's going to be cleared for contact by August. That's how serious his injury was, by the way. Yeah. And so um, he's a supremely talented kid, you know, and and. And you just got to protect him. That, that line has been, as we know, Swiss cheese, turnstile, however you want to put it, sieve, whatever you know, phrase you can use in the sports world. Um, he's going to be their, their, their quarterback unless they get some sort of um, huge trade going for whichever quarterback is hopefully going to be on the market. And thank you for the call. And that obviously is Russell Wilson. And your point is like, why would he go there? Well, not with the current situation. Who will they hire? I'm telling you, I don't think he'll do it. And I know he blanches every single time I say it when I see him. Blank check. Blank check to Coach David Shaw. Blank check. He'd be an outstanding coach of the New York Giants. An outstanding coach. Outstanding. But he lives in beautiful Palo Alto, California, where I think his family likes it. And, you know, and there's different you know, pressures brought to bear there than certainly the New York media market. That's the guy. And I think a lot of players would come play for him in the NFL. Stat.
a lot of them, they will buy what he sells. For sure. And just his general sense of showing up. Hour two, Iron Eagle coming up. 